Listen, there's a great work to be done. As soon as you win this court battle, you must deliver this message. Take advantage of this opportunity and declare a powerful message to this world. He expects more of us. He believes we can do more. Who's going to stop Christ? Who's going to stop Christ from getting this work done? This is Behind the Work. Welcome to Behind the Work. I'm Grant Turgeon. We're broadcasting to you from the Edmond, Oklahoma campus of Herbert W. Armstrong College. This is KPCG Radio. You can hear any of the programs on this station at kpcg.fm or in the Edmond local area at 101.3 on the FM dial. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I want to set up the topic of today's show by reading a story from the autobiography of Herbert W. Armstrong. Mr. Armstrong was known as the greatest televangelist of the entire 20th century. His autobiography is available for free to you at thetrumpet.com. And here in chapter 10, under the subhead, The Unrecognized Call, it reads... One night my wife had a dream so vivid and, and impressive, it overwhelmed and shook her tremendously. It was so realistic, it seemed more like a vision. For two or three days afterward, everything else seemed unreal, as if in a daze. And only this extraordinary dream seemed real. In her dream, she and I were crossing the wide intersection. Suddenly there appeared an awesome sight in the sky above. It was a dazzling spectacle. The sky filled with a gigantic solid mass of brilliant stars shaped like a huge banner. The stars began to quiver and separate, finally vanishing. She called my attention to the vanishing stars when another huge grouping of flashing stars appeared, then quivering, separating, and vanishing like the first. As she and I in her dream, looked upward at the vanishing stars, three large white birds suddenly appeared in the sky between us and the vanishing stars. These great white birds flew directly toward us. As they descended nearer, she perceived that they were angels. A little bit farther down here. Then it seemed that from among these angels in her dream, Christ descended from among them, and stood directly in front of us. At first I was a little doubtful and afraid of how he would receive us, because I remembered we had neglected our Bible study and had our minds too much on things apart from his interests. But as we went up to him, he put his arms around both of us, and we were so happy. I thought people all over the world had seen him come. As far as we could see, people were just swarming into the streets at this broad intersection. Some were glad and some were afraid. Then it seemed he had changed into an angel. I was very, I was terribly disappointed at first until he told me Christ was really coming in a very short time. This is now Mr. Armstrong commenting on what his wife had written about the dream. At that time, we had been going quite regularly to motion picture theaters. She asked the angel if this were wrong. 
he, he replied, Christ had important work for us to do, preparing for his coming. There would be no time for movies. Then the angel and the whole spectacle seemed to vanish, and she awakened, shaken and wondering. Mr. Armstrong goes on to explain how he was embarrassed by his wife's dream. He tried to make her forget about it. He told her maybe go ask a local minister at the church around the corner what it meant and basically he didn't want his wife to talk about it with him anymore now mr armstrong does point out here the the fact that normally when people think god is speaking to them in a dream or a vision it's just their imagination it's just some form of self-deception But then he says, I have only come to believe that this dream was a bona fide call from God in the light of subsequent events. Later on, he says, uh, certainly I did not ascribe this dream to God, at least at first. It made me feel a little uncomfortable at the time, and I was anxious to forget it, which I did for some years. I was 25 at the time. God left me to my own ways for five more years. But when I was age 30, he began to deal with me in no uncertain terms. And from that time, every business or money-making venture I attempted was turned into utter defeat. So the point of giving you this story from the autobiography of Herbert W. Armstrong to start out today is that Basically, five years before God even started calling Mr. Armstrong into his work, he gave Mr. Armstrong a sign through the dream his wife had. And in this dream, God told him there would be no time for movies. Now, we don't want to take that... uh, so literally that we never watch a movie again. But he was saying that he and his wife had regularly gone to the movies. They had been regularly spending their evenings basically wasting a lot of their time watching movies. All things in moderation, if it's a good movie, if it's a nice way to relax once in a while, if it does have some sort of a good purpose, that's great. But the point is, Mr. Armstrong felt corrected by this dream because they were putting other things ahead of God, ahead of God's work. And then finally, five years after this dream, God started giving Mr. Armstrong a lot more obvious direct signs than just a dream from his wife. It's just interesting to me, though, that it started out this way, where God warned Mr. Armstrong about his wrong priorities. He warned Mr. Armstrong not to go to the movies too much, because that's not the most important way, the best way to spend our lives. Here on the Edmond, Oklahoma campus of Armstrong College, our Imperial Academy K-12 students and our college two- and four-year graduates 
along with the rest of the college students, have just finished off another hard academic year. We are in those lazy, relaxing summer months where it's easier than ever to spend every evening with our schedule clear just watching movies or whatever else we could do to waste away our time and basically see the entire summer disappear from us and not know where it went. Here is an excellent quote from the Education with Vision booklet written by Mr. Stephen Flurry, available for you to you for free at thetrumpet.com. I've quoted this many times. It's just an absolute classic. And this is a quote that goes against the general trend of doing nothing in the summer. Mr. Stephen Flurry writes, Continually add new and exciting challenges to your life. Always observe, think, and learn. Seek a better, more productive way of doing things. You have the mind to do it. That is what makes life interesting. It's what stimulates personal growth. Unless we try to go beyond what we have already mastered, we will never grow. A life full of obstacles and challenges is a blessing. Don't fall for the life of ease and relaxation that so many desire. Happiness comes from working hard at what you do and doing it well. You'll notice there that Mr. Flurry made no caveat for the summer. He didn't say, well, always learn except during the summer. Don't challenge yourself during the summer. Don't try to grow in character during the summer. It says nothing like that at all. We should be, even through the summer months, adding new and exciting challenges to our lives, not wasting our days away on movies, sports, TV, entertainment, unproductive outings, whatever it might be. There are a lot of ways that our time can just be devoured where, like I said, the summer just disappears. Mr. Stephen Flurry continues here in Education with Vision. Realize that true education never stops. School is not a four-year institution. It's a lifelong project. Focus on developing the whole person. Never stop in your studies of great men and women. Always seek counsel before making big decisions. Continue to develop communication and social skills. Build new friendships. Look for and take advantage of new opportunities to serve. Acquire educational hobbies. Seize every opportunity to travel. Take part in an enjoyable sport. Get regular exercise. Again, education transcends the academic year. For our students listening who are very familiar with the break in the schedule that they receive outside of the school year, just try to be motivated to keep that education going. Perhaps it doesn't have to be quite as intensive as a seven-hour school day. But there are so many good books to read. There's so much we can still accomplish. Mr. Joel Hilliker gave a really helpful 
last words segment on Trumpet Hour a couple weeks ago about making the most of the summer. And really, you had to know a program like this was coming. Every year in the summer months, we're reminded that we have to keep our focus. This is the time where the spring holy days have just ended. And now there's a big gap through the middle of the year before the fall holy days. For those of you in the Philadelphia Church of God who observe those days. And in between those spring and fall holy day seasons, it can be easy to let down, especially when school is no longer in session. Here is an article from the pcg.church website from June 7th, 2013, titled Summer is a Time for Education. This was written by Mr. Dennis Leap. And in this article, he draws a really helpful comparison for us that makes this subject apply not just to students, but to everybody. Even if we're not in school, the summer months can be a time where we do have more free time. The sun is up for longer during the summer months. It can be tempting to stay up late and wake up late for all of us, not just for students. But Mr. Leap shows how the summer educational program under Mr. Armstrong in the Worldwide Church of God which is now being replicated today in our own summer educational program in the PCG is the perfect blueprint for how we should all try to spend our summers. He says here, summer is a time for education. Don't let the productive months of summer get away from you and your children. And he says to parents, get an education program started today. Now, summer educational program is an action-packed three-week program for young people in the Philadelphia Church of God. Ages 13 to 18, there's sometimes 12-year-olds included in that as well. And... This is a program that actually changes the lives of our young people for the better. They go home to their parents, to their families, different people in a very good way because they're challenged to pack their schedules. That's how you feel fulfilled at the end of the day. That's how you sleep well at night. When you have worked hard, when you have played hard, when you have accomplished a lot and tired yourself out during the daytime hours. Summer educational program teaches our young people the spiritual priorities of prayer and Bible study. They're taught cleanliness in their dorms. They're graded on how well their dorms are upkept and the cleanest dorms are rewarded. They have three good meals a day. They have all kinds of athletic activities, lectures, social opportunities like dancing, chances to be a part of talent competitions, to visit with 
the staff members and ministers and members here in the Edmond PCG congregation. There's so much going on. It's not a lazy sleep until noon type of summer. It is a summer educational program because again, true education never stops. The Bible tells us to redeem the time because the days are evil. We should be more urgent than ever and even more on guard than ever against letting down during the summer months. That's the tendency to just take a break. Mr. Leap talks about how uh, teachers often talk about summer brain drain, how their students leave them for three months and then they come back, basically their brains are rusted over. They're not used to being put into action. And these teachers have to basically go over the basics in their classes all over again before they can advance to new material. Simply because the students have not been educating themselves over the summer. Just last week here on campus, the Dean of Students, Mr. Stephen Flurry, hosted a pretty large group of college students at his home, and they read a book, they discussed a book about President Andrew Jackson, a book club. How about that? That is an excellent way to spend our time. We have a program on KPCG called Just the Best Literature, also hosted by Mr. Dennis Leap. And he's going through the classics, some, some books that really do hold deeper life lessons, like Heart of Darkness, Lord Jim, Moby Dick, 1984. And we can follow along. We can read those books, and we can follow along with the insight he provides on that program at kpcg.fm. You can get all of the archives over there. Summer can be a time of education, a time where maybe we aren't as constrained by keeping up with teaching or taking classes or grading work, whatever it might be. We all seem to have a little bit more free time during the summer, and that's when we can really try to reevaluate and reorganize our lives so that we're capable of taking on even more responsibility. Now, the reason we're talking about this on a program called Behind the Work is because this is directly related to how well we support God's work. It is a sad fact that every summer, support for the work does decrease a bit. Viewership of the Key of David television program, perhaps interaction on the websites, the church websites, do generally decrease. Support for the work does decrease a little bit. Now, thankfully, during the pandemic, the work has really been blessed, and it's gone in the opposite direction of most other entities. But still, the general trend is true, that during the summer, the work can dwindle a little bit, at least the support of the work. The work still moves forward. But why? Why would the work 
slow down or the support for it slow down during the summer months? It's because there's so many distractions during the summertime. We all know how that is. We all know that we just want to get out and enjoy the weather and maybe spend a little bit less time inside reading, studying the Bible, you know, keeping up with all of the TV and radio shows and publications that God's church is constantly producing. And when we let something take control of our minds more than God, then our support for the work ends up dying down too. Remember that example of Mr. Armstrong where God warned him five years before he called Mr. Armstrong to just not watch too many movies. You see that connection? Watching too many movies would directly hinder Mr. Armstrong's ability to serve God in the future. That's why God warned him about it five years in advance. And it's something that we can all uh, take admonition from. In this article, Summer is a Time for Education, Mr. Leap goes through seven different areas where we can really build God's character during the summertime. When we build character during the summertime, we're putting God as our foremost focus. And when we do that, we support the work even more. We serve, we help, we give even more. When we're passionate about the work and the open doors for God's work, then we'll support the work even more. And we'll be growing in character. We'll be challenging ourselves. We'll be educating ourselves. We'll be achieving, accomplishing goals during the summer months to fight back against this trend of support for the work slowing down during the summer. Mr. Leap is approaching this subject from the perspective of parents. He's telling parents to teach children the, the habits of daily prayer and Bible study, which is taught at the summer educational program here on campus each summer. He talks about spending time in nature. That can really be inspiring. Uh, yesterday, I took my family to the zoo, and we just had an amazing time just seeing all of the brilliant creatures God has made and thinking about the creativity it must have taken. The gorillas were, the, the, the little baby gorillas, if you could call them little, were wrestling in their enclosure and the dad basically shoved them to make them stop. And it was just adorable. But you see, you see these tigers stalking back and forth in their enclosures. We saw a fishing cat, I believe it was called, a fisher cat, snatch a fish out of this pond and eat it right in front of us. We saw the elephants reaching up with their trunk to grab a, bay of, a, a bale of hay that was suspended overhead. And the more animals we saw, the more inspiring it was. God created all of those animals, and he spent a lot of time designing them and making sure that they were a perfect creation. 
And now Satan has gotten in there and corrupted the, the nature of some of these animals to make them attack other animals. But in the future, it won't even be that way at all. When we're in nature, though, we really can see the great God we serve and worship. And it makes us even more passionate about connecting with God, growing in his character, so we can more effectively support his work. That's why we're here today. Members of the PCG, co-workers, we're here to support the work. And members are also trying to support the work as a way of preparing to teach the entire world in the future. This is a worthwhile way to spend our time getting out in nature. In Psalm 8, David would look up at the night sky and marvel at that creation, that vast expanse. We know so little about the universe, even to this day. And yet in the future, we will plant the heavens. We will explore the universe. There will be no limits. That's the future God offers to us. That's the God we serve. Mr. Leap talks about teaching children to read and write, to continue keeping the brain active during the summer, to journal important events and lessons learned, or to read books about the heroes of history. He talks about remedial work. So if a child struggled in class, if, if you're a student and you struggle in a certain class, why not do some research to figure out how you can improve? Why not get a head start on the upcoming school year so you don't have to be miserable in struggling through that same type of subject again? Working hard. There is an activity at summer educational program called Campus Improvement, as Mr. Leap points out. And during that time, a dorm will work for a little over an hour, whether it's planting a garden bed or flowers or pulling weeds or feeding animals, laying down sod for a lawn. We can, we can work on chores around the house. We can get a summer job. Health and exercise, summer is a great time for that because the weather is generally more inviting and we want to get outside more. We can bike, run, swim, walk, lift weights. Working out can even be a social experience if you have a workout buddy. I have a couple workout buddies and that's really motivated me recently. And he talks about social skills. There's nothing wrong with occasionally going out and seeing a movie, for example. It's not like you can never see a movie. Or just going out to a restaurant, going out for a hike or a walk, building friendships with people of like mind who are motivated like you are to support God's work. And you can bounce ideas off of each other. You can learn from each other how to be more effective in every aspect of life. So... Even though school is out, we want to have a productive summer. It is an exciting time just to be able to refocus and recharge and build even more character so that we can better support this work. That's why we're here. We want to better support the work. We want to try to have 
the work surge forward this summer instead of taking a step back because we got distracted. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Behind the Work. You've been listening to Behind the Work. Email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for a new episode each Monday at 1130 a.m. Central Time 